Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about not standing for the lies and injustice of tabletop games you love remaining unhacked. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we'll be talking about James's mask playbook, The Wielder, and how to write playbook moves that other players can dip into when they advance. So six months ago, yeah. we did an episode called The Wielder. And in the time between then and now, I have done some light work on that playbook. Uh, it was a playbook for masks um, that I was working on. And we had detailed some of my early work and some things that we thought. And we kind of w- w- using it as an example of a way to walk through starting to make a playbook uh, for another game. And sort of the mentality and, and the, the thought process that would go through that. Um, and, and so I'm finally having come back to it uh feeling like i wanted to talk about it again um because i hit a wall okay great well so i I do want to quickly say even if you haven't been doing very specific work sitting down on the wielder you also have done something to the tune of 24 hours of playing masks Yes. And getting familiar with masks and GMing masks and everything like that. And all of that is work that you're doing on the playbook. Yeah. And I also have specifically seeked, uh, I have specifically sought out some comic books that okay. were in the style of these characters that I, because like, early on, I think we talked about it in that first episode, I made a massive Google Doc. Yeah. Where I went through it's the, impressive. Um, the, I went through the superpowers um, wiki mm-hmm. and looked for powers that were like, someone getting powers from an item yeah and and i just wrote down every character that they thought was like <laughs> that and so i have been sort of seeking them out so i've yeah. read some i haven't actually read some thor i need to go do that but i read a lot of venom <laughs> the classic example um, <laughs> there are so many good modern uh venom stories though so okay, i was, I I was done. kind of doing that is nova I, is nova because the nova I core i think I the nova core either. ring not ring head helmet Head ring. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Um, and I read some great uh, Robbie Reyes uh, Ghost Rider comments. Oh, I still haven't read so, any of that. I need to. It's very good. I'll go find the ones that I was reading because they are so good. Awesome. So good. And I need the to art read is it. just beautiful. I've read, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen like one or two things just in events. Um, this is not our comic book podcast, though. <laughs> if you're interested no. in our thoughts on comic books, check out Protean City Comics. Yeah. So, so okay, so let's just, for anyone who is totally confused now, uh, real quick, so the Wielder, comic, uh, Wielder playbook that I'm working on is a playbook for masks where you play a young hero who has found some sort of an item of power. Uh, I'm going to probably try out the word relic this episode. Cool, Someone I like it. suggested that. Um, that was uh, um, our, one of our listeners, Bowman. Uh, oh, nice. suggested relic i've been going back and forth between power source and item uh just sort of some generic term i'm going to try out calling it the relic and see how that feels um and so the idea here is that the person doesn't have power the item has power yeah and that the item has desires has thoughts um like the venom suit sort of has almost a personality and can talk to you whereas uh, but also like the the thor's hammer just has a, a a code of conduct you have to live by in order to abide by its rules to get the power and so your intention would be that both of those can exist within this playbook yeah okay yes. cool and so the first time we had talked about everything we could have we kind of broadly uh, uh stroked over the the concept of this um playbook and, and and we actually spent a lot more time focusing on the um the feature of the playbook because we decided yeah. that, that was really like sort of like the the all of the specific rules about the item and how that works uh is the most important part and and so that was what we spent time on and that was really what i had spent the most time sort of thinking about since we talked about that podcast or since we did that podcast okay and and I have sort of like in the last week or so decided that I wanted to actually get back to working on this for real and not just sort of have it sitting in the background doing uh, background research. Okay. And so I re-listened to our old podcast and or to that episode and I cleaned up what we talked about and let me tell you about the feature as it is now. Okay. Because really, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I just want to hit it, tell you what it, what it, what it, let's see where that is now because... 
really what the, what I want where the the idea behind this episode is that I've moved on to the next part of writing moves and that's where I've hit my wall. Great. Uh the really nice thing about that is that in some ways the feature is the hardest part. Uh like writing fiction, getting the things to work within the uh within the currencies of the game, that's a huge mm-hmm. thing. Moves are in some ways the easy part. So, here's the move as it stands now okay this is sorry the the feature feature. okay um the first part of the feature says um it is a it's a list of options of which you can choose that kind of looks like the powers list yeah and it says um that i have to really like (laughs) i'm gonna work on the wording for this because right now it just says what the power source won't stand for so this is the what is the thing that the relic won't stand for yeah, and, and the options that you choose are, or right now the options I have are lies, injustice, pain or conflict. I haven't decided which one I like better. Okay. Weakness or betrayal. Okay, cool. And then I would like to have six in total. Okay. And so that is the, like, what is the thing that, what is the, uh, if you be worthy, uh, whoever wields this power, or wields this hammer shall be granted the power of Thor. What is the thing that the item is pushing you towards? Great. Yeah, and, and so for the final wording on that, you might want to have it be like, you have an item of power. This yes. power, and like, you know, that is just kind of a a formatting thing. Although, yeah, actually, yeah, it'll yeah, be listed under abilities also, so that is something to play with. Yeah, I didn't want to get into the powers. I decided that, that the powers, as okay. they are described, like, in the top part, will be the description of, like, hey, you have a pow- you found a relic of power. Okay, um, cool. Here are the powers it's granting you. Perfect. And this is more, like, how does it function? Yeah, awesome. So it so the, the item itself has a thing that it won't stand, stand for. And so when the item, so this is the next part, when the item, de- or when the relic demands action, take plus one forward towards acting in line with its demands. Mm, if you cool. fail, mark a condition. Okay. Is that so, in addition to the result from the AGM? I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. What? Is that in addition to the move made by the GM? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's sort of a, because it's sort of a larger fail. Yeah. Like, yeah. because, because in it, because you might have multiple chances to, if someone is lying, call them out on their lies. And, yeah. And or or like if there is injustice or if someone is suffering, you're going to it's the then the GM will tell you that your your relic is demanding your it's going to speak to you in the in the way that it does and it's going to demand you take action yeah. to prevent that conflict or or um seek vengeance on the person who betrayed you and Perfect. so on. And you might have a series of chances. Like it might be for like for lies, it might be like there's a person lying to you. Call them out on it right now. Yeah. But if it's like someone has betrayed you, get get revenge on them yeah. at some point. And if you have, and then if More you ever rivalry. fail that, this is where like, how do you, how do you fail? I'm not sure that that, that the marking condition will stay because I'm not sure that if it's like, if it is like get vengeance, how did, at what point have you failed to get vengeance? Oh, I see. Okay. So that um, could be too open-ended. Yeah, that's something we can tweak with and play with. Yeah, that's something that's that the general idea. The, idea is out. the item is going to demand that you do things, and if you act in in line with that, you get yeah. plus one, which is cool. a big plus. But if you fail, then you're going to take a condition. And nice. the idea is here that the item is going to ask you to do things in times when it's not convenient for you to do that. exactly. Um, and so then here is the move as we sort of worked on it in the last episode. Yeah. Um, when you try to resist the will of the relic, roll plus your conditions marked. Okay. On a hit, you resist its demands, act immediately to prove that it's that the way that it wants you to go about doing things is wrong. Okay. So make peace, help someone instead of hurting yeah. them, so on and so on. On a 10+, plus, create an opportunity that wouldn't have been available had you taken the direct action that they wanted. Okay, cool. That's another one that I'm, I feel is worded kind of awkwardly. Yeah, I think um, that's something that, that we can also take a look at and make sure that but it's... I, but I, I want to... But that's basically But that's like not our the, focus for today. If you had, like, make a friend where someone wouldn't have made been friendly with you had you just attacked them yeah. or something like that is the what I'm getting at there. And then cool. on a miss, you mark a condition um, and cross off your power, the power you've taken, until you take the action. Okay, cool. Uh, 
actually, I'm going to change this right now to until you take an action or bargain for power. Um, because I think nice. getting into the next section, I have one of the moves that I'm working on is called bargain for power. Um, nice. And so that will be basically like a, if you, f- if you resist what the item says, it's, it's telling you, take this action, do this thing. Come on. Don't be weak. Like it's bullying you. And yeah. if you're trying to resist and you fail to resist, you're going to mark another condition. You're going to lose your powers until you take that action or otherwise bargain to get the powers back. I would maybe move it from bargain for power to like prove yourself to the item. Okay. Although that might Something, that might be yeah. that's that's partially like a matter of where you want it to fall in terms of how nice it is. Mjolnir yeah. is a very nice relic. Yeah. There's lots of other relics that are not so nice. Yeah, no, I kind of want this to be like uh, I want it to, I want this to be pretty swingy because if you're getting a plus okay. 1 yeah. towards the action that you're doing, then like that's a pretty big bo- like that is a big serious bonus towards taking an action and if those if those actions align with what you're trying to do as a character that's great yeah it should be com- problematic and have complications and if you fail or try to resist them it should be painful yeah perfect sounds great um so that is the move as it, or that is the feature as it stands right now yes um i may tweak the 10 plus i thought about because we had in the, in the episode talked about the 10 plus being an opportunity to clear a condition yeah so the 10 plus i might make um a choose one from this list type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was kind of, that's the, the, that was that's the, the crux of it. Yeah. And, and, and really the, like what it does when you, when you succeed was the thing that I'm less concerned about. I wanted to make sure we hit that. Like, um, here's the benefit if you do what it says, and here's the bad negative. If you try to resist it and fail. Perfect. Yeah. So I sit down to, and I feel pretty comfortable about that. That is pretty much what I wanted. We had talked about um, we had talked about some like fill in the blank type questions for mm-hmm. deciding what the what the item wants. But I I have settled on this. I like I can I've picked a bunch of broad categories of things that the item won't stand for, and I think that that works pretty well. Yeah. Cool. So I sat down to write that, and I feel pretty good about that now. And then I started to work on the moves. Yes. And something that you had mentioned in that episode um, when we last spoke about this wh- that I had totally not thought about because I had thrown down a list of ideas for moves uh, just like when you do this or when this happens. Yeah. And the thing that you had mentioned in that episode was that it's important to remember that especially for masks because this is a game but in a lot of these pre- Powered by the Apocalypse games uh, one of the advances you can take is take a move from another playbook. Yes. And so moves need to be a little bit generic in terms of the playbook, even though they're on that playbook specifically, mm-hmm. because someone else might take them. Yeah. And there's some leeway there. Definitely. But I went around and looked at like every, like a lot of other PBTA games, like Apocalypse World itself, mm-hmm. Urban Shadows, Monster Hearts, Masks are all games where advancement involves um, taking one of the advancement options is take a move from another playbook and for things like and and so like i spent a lot of time looking at uh for example the werewolf because both monster hearts and urban shadows have a werewolf character and like how do you make a playbook or how do you pick a move that is really specific to someone who can turn into a wolf but is also (laughs) something that can be taken by someone else yeah that is a huge factor making the moves definitely yeah yeah, and so that was kind of the line I hit because, like, one of the moves I had thrown out was like, uh, "What do you do when someone else tries to wield the relic?" Mm, like, yeah. what is the move that happens when someone else tries to wield the well, the relic? And like, that is a highly specific to this playbook move. Yeah, I still may do it because there are some moves that are like that in other playbooks. But definitely, broadly speaking, I'm trying now to think about, oh, what if like the Nova takes the move from this playbook or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and so what I wanted the topic of this episode to be would be to talk about that. How do you hit that right line, that that moment of, uh, or the, um, how do you hit the, the level of, because you want them to be evocative and you want Definitely. them to be specific to the playbook because that, this is like, these are genre, he- like we've talked in the past about mm-hmm. Powered by the Apocalypse is a genre heavy um, game. And yeah, so you want yeah. this to be driving your character, those moves to be driving the characters towards the actions you want them to take for the genre. But then you also need to have them be available to be taken by other playbooks and them to be still relevant and interesting and feasible. 
Yeah. And and that is like obviously a line that you have to that is difficult. And it was something I've been struggling with a little bit. I have like just actually before we started, I came up with a couple moves that I think will be good to be generic enough. Um That's awesome. So do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I I want I didn't I wanted to be sure I wasn't cutting you off there. Um so I think you're absolutely right that you want things to be both super evocative and more or less accessible to other playbooks. Um, I just took a look right now, actually, mm-hmm. through the Masks playbooks to look to see how many of them had moves that are based on having a feature. And currently, and this actually really surprised me because I did not think this was the case, mm-hmm. none of them have moves that are based on having a feature specifically. Mm-hmm. Which is a little weird. And there's a couple places where there's like kind of like <laughs> on the line stuff. Yeah. Uh, like the legacy has the move the legacy matters when you take over influence from someone from your legacy or give them influence over you. Mark potential and take plus one forward. Now, technically, other people don't have a legacy. Yeah. But if you've got a member, if you've got the starts of something like that, even if you don't have the move, like the, you don't have the feature legacy, theoretically, you could do that. Mm. You know, uh. I'm Miles Morales. I'm not the legacy. But if Spider-Man takes, if I take influence over Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, that's important. Yeah. Uh, additionally, the, the protege has a similar sort of thing. Like when you talk to your mentor and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of places where they've kind of gotten around it. Like the Nova doesn't have moves. <laughs> the doomed doesn't have moves. And so those are specifically set up around that feature because it allows you to kind of sneakily work it in in a way that people can't just grab. Yeah. But with just the base move with just the basic playbooks, almost none of them have anything that you couldn't work out a way to do. Yeah. Um you can correct I mean, me if you saw something other than that, but no, the two, like I was saying, the two the, that I looked up were both Monster Hearts and Urban Shadows have a werewolf move. Yeah. And so I went and looked at that, and Monster Hearts is where uh, a wolf skin mm-hmm. has um, has a move that is like, uh, when you bask in the moonlight, add two to your dark score. Yeah. So like, that, that that's, I mean, and, and then it has be a, spooky a spirit armor move where when you bask in moonlight, uh, you get more armor. Yeah. So like, those are things that are, they're pretty specific to werewolves, but also generic enough they would work. Yeah, they're super um, naturally they, enough. Like, I could see yeah. like a witch going out into the woods and like, Basking, basking doing in the moonlight a, yeah. yeah um a joker could go yeah. out and dance in the moonlight mm-hmm. yeah urban shadows not so great um, oh yeah <laughs> urban shadows has a move called from the brink which okay. is which specifically says that you can exit your wolf form at will <laughs> so unless there's another car- another playbook that i'm familiar with oh that boy can turn into a wolf that's gonna be a pretty hard move to take is that a corruption move no, that's just a wolf. No, that's move. a straight wolf move. Okay. Straight up wolf move. Yeah, well, I mean it has a lot of other great moves. Like uh, yeah. when I played uh, in the in the Urban Shadows game that I ran for my friends, my uh, one of my players was a tainted for a um, a demon of vengeance, and he took the bloodhound move, which is all about when you hunt someone. Yeah, and that was so good because he frequently was like he started looking for people who had wronged other people and was hunting them. Oh, it, was, it, it was very thematic and good for his thing. That's cool. I like that play, a lot. Yeah. And like part of it is making the decisions about like which one, like reskinning things so that they make sense. Um, Like. Well, like Bloodhound, for example, it doesn't make sense for a demon tainted uh, like uh, actor of vengeance to have a to really have a move called Bloodhound. No, but the yeah. Theme of the but the but the but the the text of the move is when you hunt someone, take blo- roll plus blood on a hit, you know exactly where to find them and so on. That all works really well. So you just kind of like ignore the name of the move. Yeah, exactly. And like to be honest, uh, Bloodhound could be taken by just a standard hunter. Like yeah. you could be the aware and be very good at stalking people's Facebook and Instagram. It just becomes more metaphorical and less literal. Yeah. Um, admittedly rolling with blood is not a great, <laughs> is not a great take for that one. Um, but you know what the wolf has that is maybe even more of a difficulty. And, and I will say 
again, I love Urban Shadows so much. It is one of the <laughs> earlier, uh, it is one of the earlier PBTA games. And so it has a lot of little places that there's funkiness that we learned about a little bit later. For example, uh, Alpha Dog, when you persuade an NPC in your territory, roll with blood instead of heart. Uh, what is your territory? And like, well, I can, I, mean, I can make, I can see making the argument of like, I'm in my home. So I have ter- like, that's my territory. But if you're, if you're a fairy or a vampire, like frequently in these sorts of lore, uh, urban yeah. fantasy things, they've described the, of things as their territory. Yeah. It may be, it, it'll be the same thing where it's a little bit less literal and a little more metaphorical. Yeah. Than, than a werewolf's territory. The, you know, I, I, I take that back. I think you're right that like that that's not actually that bad of a problem. It's just, it's, it's those times when you look and, and you don't, and like, it isn't marked whether something is a mechanic or whether something is narrative. And I think lots of times you have to kind of work that out. Like the protege has a bunch of things referring to their mentor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that your, you know, mentor for the protege? Obviously it is, but for another player, it might not be. Yeah, or well, I think it's it's the difference between it's the thing we talk about with the Janus all the time, where the, the thing about the Janus is that they have a mask and that they have a dual identity, and other characters may have uh, dual identities and wear masks, but it's just not the key thing that's the the center to their story. So you may have as another player a character who is your mentor, but it's not like that that relationship between you and your mentor is not the most important part of your character. Absolutely. Taking taking moves from the the protege playbook that call to your mentor may actually like signal to the GM that you are interested in that relationship and move you towards progressing to that playbook. And so that's an interesting thing. But yeah, I think that like taking things less literally and more metaphorically or just taking them in in the sense that like, this is a person who mentors me, but is not my mentor um, is the key to this. Yeah, definitely. I think also it is okay to sometimes just do the move that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, and like sometimes it can be uh, just playing with some of the setup of the move. Uh, the Innocent, which is one of the expanded playbooks for masks, I think has some really good examples of that. Uh, so, growing into power, when you unleash your powers to do something your future self can do, mark a condition to roll plus savior instead of plus freak, that you need to have a future self <laughs> to have that one, Right. And so, like, yes, conceptually, in the same way, you need to have a mentor, you need to have a legacy to take those ones. But, like, if a player chooses that, there has to be some, like, work done to go, like, oh, okay, they have a future self. Mm-hmm. Like, that that isn't as simple to just slot in. And so that... God. What more are you going to say? <laughs> so I'm looking, at, I'm looking at more Monster Hearts playbooks, and the vampire... Um, has a move called invited that says you cannot enter a home without being invited (laughs) whenever some invites you take a string on them nice that would be a a slightly more difficult move (laughs) to explain if you were not a vampire yeah just kind of was raised to not go in yeah yeah i mean even the like honestly even this this they have another move called the feeding which is you feed on hot blood even that like that feels know, more like something that other people would do. Like if yeah, you're a wolf does. or a oh, ghoul, like oh. that all works somehow more than not more being than, able to enter into, into a home without yeah, being invited. You're totally right. Like that is, that is this funny thing that like, as you work out some of the kinks of where the game lies, where the game works, you start seeing like little odd stuff. So like growing into power assumes future self, see it their way. Also, is about someone equating you with your future self. Clearly you need that. Uh, Making amends when you make yourself vulnerable while comforting and supporting someone you or your future self has hurt, fought, or hurt. Take plus two to the role. That's a totally... (laughs) That's a totally great way to... Thing to take. Yeah. Like, Hulk could take that. He just doesn't have a future self. But it would also, I think in that case, it would do that same thing of maybe signaling to the uh the gm that you're interested in having a future self because in theory anyone could have a future self yeah i I think it would be worthwhile for the gm to say hey uh let's talk about this nice nice move choice that's a great move uh what are you trying to do here and so i think you should have that same kind of thinking with the wielder uh Mm -hmm. 
pieces, moves that are dependent upon the power source in a way that is like tied into the mechanics. Mm -hmm. So like things like where maybe they, maybe something that you change their, the thing they don't stand for or like something Mm -hmm. specific with that. Those are things that ideally would be fit under, under the feature itself. Yeah. Cause like the Nova, for example, doesn't have moves. The doomed doesn't have moves. Uh, maybe the better example is the innocent that has moves and has the future self category that yeah. has a bunch of mechanics. Or the um, uh, what's the um, the player the 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 character who comes back from the future the harbinger, uh, the harbinger. has yeah. a huge set of mechanics for what to do about this future that you know about. Yeah, and also has some regular moves. You know, for that matter, the bull actually has the bull's heart i the the last time i played with a bull in my party that i was like paying a lot of attention to their mechanics because i was gming it was like early on in the development Mm -hmm. and i don't think that you chose a role that gave a bonus at that point so like i was actually Mm -hmm. scrolling through and i saw the bull's heart and i was like oh (laughs) that's new uh but you can see like defender when you leap to defend your love or rival in battle roll plus danger instead of plus savior to defend them that's a move that could have been under bull moves except that they wanted it, this move to be really tied in with the bull's heart. Mm-hmm. So if a player didn't choose the bull's heart, so if a player doesn't have the bull's heart, that makes less sense for you to do. Yeah. Okay. So maybe some optional moves if I have ones that are like, because I get, again, I do kind of really want to have almost a move on your playbook that is like what happens when someone else picks up your the, the, the relic. Yeah, do and, want- which is almost like not a move for you. It's like yeah. weirdly another thing. So that may be part of the the actual feature, just as a move that like when someone does this, that have them totally roll instead. Be. Yeah, I totally agree. Some of what I started to do was think about what is the what is the sort of like meta narrative of the of the character. Yeah, and and try to like follow that as opposed as a as a source for moves. As opposed to the actual literal power source. And so the move that I came to that I think is like one of my strongest moves right now, uh, or (laughs) by my moves, I I mean triggers. Yeah. uh, Just think that's as far as I've gotten is the uh, when you stand up for someone who no one else will or no one else will, which is the like um, your character has been kind of bullied. So when someone else is being bullied and you stand up for them, even though nobody else will. Yeah then something happens. It'll basically be like a, a slightly different defend move. Nice. Yeah. Um, and that sort of hits the, the, the meta story of this being a playbook about someone who is being bullied by a mm-hmm. source of power um, and then how they learn to stand up for themselves and, and other people. Right. But because doesn't necessarily uh, rely on like that source of power. Literally. Yeah. Because another thing you don't want to do is have somebody sitting over in the corner playing with their hammer. Like Mm -hmm. you want people to be engaging with other characters, engaging with the rules in other ways. And so I think that is perfect for that kind of character, for that kind of scene. Yeah. And I also started to think a little bit about like, obviously you want to, you don't want this character off somewhere in the distance, uh, just playing with their hammer. You want them to be involved with NPCs. You want them to be involved with other players. Yeah. To maximize the situations where the power, the relic or the power source uh, won't stand for something. Yeah. That would put them in opposition with maybe their friends, which is where that interesting part of the story will come out. Yeah. That totally makes sense to me. So, so that, so that's definitely a great move. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you, so here's my, I guess here's my question for you. Do you want to try to work with the moves right now and try to build these moves as we go? Or do you want to kind of more talk about the topic of what these moves might look like? Um, I mean, we can work on the moves right now. I I want to try to hit like, um, as long as while we're doing this, we're not just talking about this playbook in particular, yeah. but like the methodology of how does one who is writing a game, a playbook for a game that already exists where that game has advancements that are take moves from other playbooks. Yeah. How are you, how should you think about what other playbooks might use these moves? 
and right. make them generic enough. Like that's kind of what that is. But but I think workshopping those moves right now, these moves right now would be good. Cool. So so let's let's first like I see you have six things written down here. Mm-hmm. Um, are those those are the triggers you've got so far, more or less? Yeah. So I had written down. Um, I forget what the original first one was, but I had written down um, when you bargain for more power. Uh, when the tool you have or the the relic is a perfect tool for the situation, mm-hmm. um, when someone else tries to wield the item, when you lie to avoid the uh, an a- the item, the, yeah, when you lie to avoid the action the item wants you to take, and uh, when you are brutally honest to someone, okay. I think that the when you lie to the item to avoid an action is pretty much covered by the when you resist the will of the item. Yeah, I more or less agree with that. So I think Unless that's probably... you want to do a move that chain that like in some way incentivizes you to do something in order to gain a bonus on resisting or on rejecting influence. Because hmm. that's one yeah. way you could make it more like something that like that makes it so that you maybe mark a condition in order to take a plus two to resist your item or reject influence. Yeah, you could almost make it a uh, make that move more like when you lie to avoid an, an obligation or a take to avoid having to take an action that you have to take. Oh um, yeah, that could which also would almost totally be work. An interesting thing for the Janus to take. Oh, definitely. Because yeah. when you resist, uh, that resist move that we made as part of the as part of the actual feature is just like sort of a like when you were trying to not do the thing. But yeah. this would be specifically when you were lying to yourself or to the to the item to avoid doing it what are they doing over there yeah they're uh nothing bad nothing bad everything's good yeah yeah i I just called my friend they they're handling it yeah so okay so i might stick around with that i'm not gonna delete that um when the tool is perfect for the situation i'm not sure that i i don't actually remember where i was going with that that is not really as evocative the when you stand up for power or when you stand up for someone when no one else will yeah my new my new trigger that i really like yeah um when you bargain for power is going to be a when you're asking for like a one-time burst of power of like narrative of, of narrative permission to do something okay um in exchange for something else like when you're speaking to the venom suit saying come on i really need to save this person they're my best friend or they're my significant mm-hmm. other just like work with me on this thing and i'll do something for you later yeah and i could see that really working for the doomed or the nova or other playbooks like that um, yeah i can so definitely I think that that see that is something that i want yeah, and like that also is a little could be a little similar to the uh the outsiders alien technology mm-hmm. in terms of like doing the impossible once. Uh but I think yeah. with the wielder you want to to like the wielder I think is one of those sad playbooks. <laughs> Maybe. Because it's also speci- it, it's it's different it's like it's that Thor. outsider move. Yeah. It's different in the sense that you have to you you whenever we work out the actual like details of that move but it will be something that you have to offer in exchange yeah like i I will do i will go hunting criminals later yeah or you you could also make it a thing that you could make it so that the power source won't stand certain things and also make specific demands Mm -hmm. like what does the power source demand that a power source demands that you protect the innocent the power source demands that you that you fight Do the like, largest foe have like a list of things that it demands and a thing a list of things that it won't stand for yeah that because, then, be interesting. because then with the bargain for power you could then say that it makes a demand mm-hmm. okay which like yeah like th- there is then that does make it a little bit more wielder specific but mm-hmm. that makes it like so smooth you know like yeah 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 just because you might not even need a roll at that point. Then it's just a bargain. Yeah, like, I think that that's what it is. Yeah. So I think that's good. I might have to, I'm going to make a note to think about adding a, a section for what the relic demands. And uh, blah, 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 blah. when someone else tries to wield the item, that was just a regular move. But I think I'm going to move that down and make that a move that is just something you get and is part of the actual feature. I think that's I think a good that idea. Is, it's going to be a weird thing because it is going to be a move that somebody else rolls. I think. Yeah. 
But well, I don't know how that's going to play out yet. You could also have it be a thing that that's a choice that you're making. What happens when someone tries to wield the item? Mm. Like, is is it that they... Like, for a Mjolnir, there is a big question. Can they wield it at all? For yeah, the symbiote suit, about. it, like, they get it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that more like that, like, if they be worthy thing. Like, that yeah. moment where um, they would roll. But I don't know... Yeah, I don't know about that. Could be something that that there's maybe tied in with the pow- with the demands of some in some way. Like, does it demand worthiness? Does it demand power? Does it demand food? Hmm. That's okay. A, I like, like that's, that. And all of this is stuff that like that it it you're never too late into a playbook development yeah. to abruptly go back and change everything. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm working, I'm pretty deep into Pasión de las Pasiones at this point. Uh, the playbooks look very little like they were before. Uh, I just gave La Doña a feature. Uh, she didn't have one. No, she does. It's way better. But like that um, necessitated rewriting like everything on her sheet. <laughs> the, your, uh, Pasión de las Pasiones. Passion de las Passiones yeah. um, playbooks, they do not have an advancement that is take a move from the playbook, right? Well, uh, so advancement in Passion de las Passiones is currently taking a different sort of direction. Okay. That most of your advancement, that advancement isn't being done with the standard hit XXP and advance. Mm. Instead, it's being done through specific keys that, like, have specific things. Okay. Um, I hope it works. I hope it's good. <laughs> we'll see. Because the version, the version that I have, uh, the most, which is not, I think, the most even close to being the most recent. Oh, yeah. Wait. Didn't, did not have a take a move from their playbook. And it sounds like that's the direction you're continuing to go in. Do you have the Ashcan version or do you have a later version? Um, I might have both. I definitely have the okay. Ashcan version. You I don't have, I have the a, keys a version yet. One. Because the no, keys version hasn't keys been version. formatted yet. I can't wait for you to see the keys version. Let me just yeah. say that. Also, this was some good hype, hype, hype. <laughs> yeah. So leave it in, James. Because that was another. That was another. Um. I. Because oh, that was like when I was thinking about how does someone make uh, moves that are hyper specific to this like playbook, yeah. but also could be used for another thing. I was like, oh my god, I gotta go look at Passion because that is a play. <laughs> that is a like in a different way than like some of the characters are werewolves and vampires like urban shadows, but they are very specific to those, those playbooks. And so I wanted yeah. to see how you had handled that. And it seems like you have not made that an option. So yeah, I sidestepped that. That's yeah. what I did. Yeah. I, I saw that big point of adversity in game design and I went, Nope, not going to do that. Yeah. So I don't have that, that option because I have chosen to make <laughs> a, a playbook for a game that already exists with that option. Yeah. Yeah. So, Weak choice, James. <laughs> I know. I should have. I should have made a Passion playbook. I should go back and and sometime I'll have to make that Lucha playbook again for real. Yep. Definitely. Please don't start on the Lucha playbook until after you've got the next version of the rules because the the rules are oh my god. Oh. Yeah. Like the amount of rewriting I've had to do on playbook <laughs> moves because the basic moves don't work the same way. So when you bargain for power, I yeah, think, is a is a move that. Like I said, it's you offer something in exchange mm-hmm. for the ability to do something right now. Yeah. And that will probably not be a role move. That will probably be probably just be a you're you're telling the 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 venom suit something or you're whispering sweet nothings to your hammer. You're promising your future self, talking to them through a walkie talkie that gives you magical powers. Um and you are saying, I will go on some quest. I will hunt this bad guy in a way that I might not have previously. I will not let this person go to jail. I will like do things to them extra um, legally to make sure they don't yeah. hurt people again or whatever it is that the, 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 um, the relic is demanding of you now. And in exchange yeah. for that, they're giving you a one-time grant of power that... Um, is something that you can use to make something happen. Yeah. I think that that works because like the doomed or the Nova or really almost anyone except for the beacon, 
mm-hmm. um, have powers that they can use and they can call yeah. on. And, and those powers all have some source. Um, and if you were someone like the Beacon, even, you might... Uh, you, like, you could still probably take it. You'd have to find someone to 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 negotiate for power yeah. because the move is when you bargain for power. So you just would trigger it if you never found anyone to bargain with. Yeah. I could see it being fun as a move that you roll in some way. Um, and on like a, on a 10 plus you can do the impossible once or some other phrasing like that, mm-hmm. uh, in exchange for completing the demand in the future. And on a seven to nine, you need to commit, you need to complete the demand now. Hmm. So like, yes, I'll save him. But first we, but we are going to bite Doc Ock also. (laughs) Okay. Like this isn't a thing that later on you get to go all big and scary. This is a thing that you are going to be worthy now. Yeah. I think that that will play into a little bit of the, how the powers work. Okay. Because, If the so like the what the what the relic won't stand for power thing as I have it set up right now is very much like a in the present what does it demand okay and so it's like a if you see weakness in someone prevent them from showing that weakness if someone yeah. is lying to you right now stop them or call them on that thing yeah if you see crime stop that crime right now it's a okay as the action happens the the item is going to demand you to demand it, that in this moment you take the action yeah if we set up a what is it stand like what is it demand that yeah. might be bigger picture stuff like if it's demanding worthiness or if it's demanding regular mm-hmm. feeding or something like that then those could be reoccurring actions. Those are longer term things. Yeah. So if it's and like, I think also, I think Ghost Rider is an awesome one to look at for this. Also, yeah. I feel like Ghost Rider, Thor, and Venom are the are my top three. Specifically, uh, Ghost Rider, I think, was the one that I was thinking about when I wrote "When You Bargain for More Power." Yeah. Because I believe there is at least one. Um, yeah, there is in the in the run of the comics that I was reading. There's a there's a section where. Uh, Robbie's uh, uh, his brother has been kidnapped Gabriel and, and so he says to the the thing that's inside him hey I know we haven't gotten along very well but I need to save my brother give yeah. me power to do that now yeah and, I, and then I'll do whatever you want for the next week or something like that yeah which and, that's that's awesome um, yeah I, I, I like the presentness possibility of just like like, I, I want to see either it being something that has that sometimes has to be very present or has teeth if you renege. Yeah. Like, if you make that bargain and don't follow through, it's that should come back hurt. And hurt. That's got to come back at you hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I, I'm kind of like, I think that if you if if we do end up with if I do end up with a, a section of the feature that is what does it demand that it yeah. gives you more of those long term goals then yeah. the when you bargain for more power, I probably would lean toward it being more of the immediate action. Uh, you okay. just do that thing immediately or, or no, sorry, if yeah, if, if there are long term goals, then it's the more immediate you do the thing now you get the power. It just happens. There's no role. But yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. have the what does it stand like what does it demand of you in the long term then yeah. the bargain for more power is the long term goals type the drives yeah. type thing and then it might make sense to have a role and establish like a like the way the um the doomed playbooks uh, mm-hmm. sanctuary has requirements of you in order to solve yeah. the problem that you would almost establish something like that in this move i can totally see that i can see that being really cool in either direction yeah, so I kind of have to think about how I want that to go. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I was definitely thinking of Ghost Rider. And so one of the things that I've been thinking, uh, trying to do as I go through this is think about the different characters that yeah. fit this this thing and then and then come up with a move for each of them. And so that was okay. definitely the Ghost Rider move. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what stand-up for someone was. That might have been the Thor. That seems that seems like it could be some Thors. There, there are um, some Thors that are like that. Yeah. The when you lie to the item or the relic to avoid an action, that was very um, Jaime Reyes's um, Blue Beetle. Okay, because the that his relationship with his suit is more the suit is saying that thing looks like a threat. Let's attack them right now and yeah. activates a whole bunch of weapon arms and stuff. 
Yeah. And then and then Jaime is like, no, hang on. <laughs> that's um <laughs> that's uh my friend. Uh don't hit him. Uh we don't want to do that right now. We shouldn't kill things. Uh he's uh he's dead already. Um don't don't yeah. worry about it. And that's like the the lying to the item because it's unfamiliar with this earth. Yeah. Uh, to avoid having to take that action. Okay, cool. So I think that, that is still worried that that is still um I think that, that that was a move that is on one of those like line moves. It's right on the the, the edge of not being really uh, usable by another playbook. Yeah. But if I word it right, I think I can. Then it'll be for this playbook, it'll be when you lie to the relic to avoid yeah. having to take an action that it's demanding. And for everybody else, it'll just be like a, when someone is obligating you to do something and you lie to them about it. Yeah. Get out when, of it. When you lie to get out of your obligations yeah. is not a Which bad. Which is a teenager thing to do. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, James, how dare you? I never lied to get out of my obligations. And then the brutal honesty. I don't really remember what I had for that. Um, it was going to be when you were brutally honest to something. I think that was back when I wasn't sure um, how it was going to demand you to do things. And I was going okay. to sort of codify that in moves. So I think I'm going to delete that. But that only leaves me with three moves then. Uh-oh. So I've got to come up with more moves or more triggers. Because okay. again, I, That's okay. I do think I want to have six uh, six or so moves okay that are are that are available for other people to take and available for you to have as an advancement um as well oh, maybe four would be okay i don't know i mean it depends on how how advanced that uh that uh the feature gets but like if you look at the uh the bull the bull has four moves that are specific to the bull um as part of the bull's heart feature, but then also has six other moves. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, the innocent has six moves in addition to its enormous feature. Yeah. Uh, the transformed, which is a move, which is a playbook that does not have a feature has also six moves. So that's kind of odd that it doesn't have more. Let me take a look yeah, at the it. Legacy has six, as well as having a bunch of legacy stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think six is maybe the range that they mostly went for for this game. It looks like yeah. almost all of these have six, actually. Anything yeah, so that I has probably moves hit six has six. So it sounds like I should be trying That's to hit six. Interesting. I hadn't seen that. I didn't even really yeah. notice that. I had always felt like they must have it for the the playbooks that had larger features reduce the number of moves. But they must not, which is interesting. That is. Although, you know what they do use for most of them? Uh, for most of them, they they choose one fewer move. Okay. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. the beacon, the bull, they choose two fewer mo- They choose two moves. Delinquent gets three. Uh, Janus gets uh, three moves. But, like, the secret identity is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a feature that is not helping you. Um, and actually, I'm a little surprised that... Oh, okay, yeah, that, the, uh, the Legacies feature is actually ultimately a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I need to think about other other play, other characters that are, um, that are these sort of, like, wielder-type playbooks... And think about the, the the types of moves, and I think that that I think that the kind of the answer to the what is that sweet spot between being specific enough is to do things and use things, uh, use words like mentor or or um, legacy, uh, yeah, or uh, when you lie to avoid an obligation that are to the specific playbook, obviously talking about the feature, yeah. But to other playbooks, can just speak to it more to their lives more generally. I mean, you can also do the terminology that they use for the innocent, like that when you lie to when you lie to your relic or a mentor mm-hmm. and like that kind of that kind of gets you around it. Um, okay. It makes it a little clunky at times, but like, you know, that is OK, because anyone taking the move outside of the relic, I mean, outside of the wielder will not we'll just ignore the relic part they might not even write it down on their sheet yeah oh man at some point we'll have to come i don't know how we'll do this as a full episode but i want to come back and talk about play or taking like that that concept that some pbta games have an advancement that is take a move from another playbook yeah because there are definitely some 
where it because the, when you're taking a move from another playbook, it is obviously to me signaling that as a player you are interested in some aspect of what another playbook is doing. Yes, but some of them are very like they're very like I took a couple as in in our in our game. I have taken a transformed move, or no, I took a Janus move. Puck yeah. has game face when you commit yourself yeah. to defeating a terrible enemy. And that is not something that strikes me as like being particularly Janus-y other than that for the Janus, when you're committing yourself to that goal. And so if the GM is going to throw scenes at you that have you being a regular yeah. person for your, your secret identity, those are going to be scenes where you're not progressing your condition. So it yeah. sort of has a different connotation, but it's not as like specific to the playbook versus legacy moves that talk about the legacy or protege moves that talk about the mentor they could signal to the GM that you were looking for another person in your, in, in, who's like going by the same name or someone is teaching you or, or the other things that we've sort of talked about. Um, yeah. Especially in like urban shadows or uh, monster hearts. If you take a, a vampire or werewolf move, that sort of signifies that you're interested in, in change, moving your character in that direction. So I guess what I would say is that all of, I think all of them do signal something to the GM. Like, when you told me that you were taking game face, that showed to me that you want to see characters that you don't just defeat in one sitting. Yeah. That, that you don't want that, like that you are interested in, in dealing with larger threats that you have to make progress towards defeating, which is something that like mm-hmm. the doomed already signals all over the place. Yeah. So that's not a huge thing. Um, but I think that like, that is, one of the things about the Janus, like it also like you could take game face and dangerous web. Uh, when you reveal a trap you've left for someone, those two go together so perfectly. You set up your trap, you get your bonus on it and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that is that the Janus should be in a position that they have cons- that they have like threats that deal with them in their day to day life. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like, it's not that you put on the suit and now there are threats to you. There should be threats to you in your regular life as well. Yeah, that force you to make that choice between yeah. running like a regular person or putting on the mask. Exactly, yeah. So I, I, th- I think that actually signaled quite a bit to me. Yeah, okay. That's I mean, admittedly, I think, it, I think that would be a bigger signal from someone who wasn't playing the Doomed. Yeah, and also there's a there's a sort of a, a subtle signaling of of like interest in a certain type of villain or or whatever. Yeah. Versus, uh, if you took a, uh, I'm trying to think of something. If you took a if you if you took a if you took a protege move that that directly referenced having a mentor, that is a very ta- like definitive. I am interested in having a mentor. Give me a mentor. Create this yeah. NPC for me right now, please. And I mean, like, if someone takes Kirby Craft from the Outsider. And is like, oh, it has dimension shifting, uh, which is Kirby Craft is you have mm-hmm. a vehicle. And if they choose the strength, it has dimension shifting. Like, that could not be a more clear sign from the player. I would like to shift dimensions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which which reminds me, Brandon, I'm pushing off my, uh, I'm facing my doom. I'm taking Kirby Craft next. I yeah, want a puck okay. mobile. Okay, are you going to take uh, dimension shifting? <laughs> no. Because I, I uh, for my player, would be very thrilled if you took Dimension Shifting. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> oh, that's awful. Kirby Craft is such a fun move. One of the things I love about it is that it actually has very little mechanically. It basically just says, hey, you can play the game, but instead of using labels, the, just it's clarified, you're using Superior. Yeah. Uh, which is just kind of like, <laughs> like otherwise you would just be using danger to attack things, you know? Yeah, yeah that's, oh man, I like, the, I love everything about The Outsider. That's for a different <laughs> podcast. Um, so what else do we have to say? We are rounding in on and almost coming to an hour on this episode. Is there anything else we want to talk about for this playbook specifically, the Wielder playbook? I have a bargain for power, standing up for someone when you lie 
Um, the idea there being that I want your character to lie because I want it to come back on them. Um, I need to come up with some more bullying type moves. I think those last, the uh, at least four and five should be more like you've been bullied and how do you stand up against a bully type things. Um, I could also see something about like some kind of a move about epitomizing or making the demands. Oh, making the demands on someone else that your relic demands of you. When you shift a demand to someone else. Oh, I wasn't even thinking shifting a demand. I can totally see that. Uh, I was thinking in terms of like, uh, if, if I am Thor Mm -hmm. and I, like, you know, and, and I am worthy, uh, when I give a speech demanding worthiness, uh, and like I, I wouldn't want to word it that way because there, there's like three different playbooks that yeah. have give a speech moves. I'm actually a little sad. I feel like I got the wrong make a speech move. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a better <laughs> make a speech move for what I do. Yeah, but um, I was thinking more like the 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 relic is demanding that you face someone who ha- or, or that you correct someone who has just lied to you, and yeah. then you turn to your buddy and go, "Hey, he just lied. Can you deal with that for me? Call him out. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I'm scared." A- that's definitely a different thing. Yeah. Um, but I could very well see an additional so, uh, move. When you try to shift an obligation to someone else, and then I think what you were saying was more like when you try to convince someone else to embody the, the belief structure of your relic. Yeah. Or even like when you demand that someone live up to your... When you demand that someone lives up to your... Yeah. So, so yeah, when you demand someone lives up to the relics ideals or your ideals mm-hmm. roll something or like yeah someone just lied to you don't uh, it's almost like a that is like a modified provoke role really yeah that is kind of a provoke um, um so maybe and- that might even just be like a um when you provoke someone towards living up to your own ideals roll with roll with these extra options yeah something like that yeah, some diff- some extra options or like changing what you're rolling using, because you obviously don't want. I guess not obviously. I shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't be dismissive in that way. Uh, when you have a playbook, you don't want all of the moves to be formatted the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually true for basic moves as well. Uh, something that people talk about is like when you look at the basic moves, are you seeing six sets of four options? Because yeah. if you're doing that, you've got an ugly game design. And like yeah. having it be different will make the moves feel different from each other. Uh, you shouldn't always... Sorry, go ahead. When you're looking at that the, that list of the basic moves, you want to make sure each of those four moves is different. Yeah, you want all seven of those moves to look different from each other. Um, I can say with Passion, uh, the Ashcan version uh, has moves that look really similar to each other. And moving away from that was one of the big shifts in terms of making it a prettier game at least i feel bad for like dumping on the ashcan version because the ashcan (laughs) version is very good and it's a lot of fun and it sets up and gives like a ton of ability to run the game and play the game now um i just i just am so excited for the final versions to get out at some point i think an episode that we'll have to do when we get when you actually like finally finish this game yeah um is do a retrospective and look back at all the different versions and talk about because we've done we've done episodes talking about playtesting and we've talked yeah. we've done episodes talking about iterative uh game design and that sort of yeah. thing but actually doing like a proper retrospective and saying like here's where the game started and between step a and b like where like, why did i make that move why did we make this change mm, how did yeah. like what why like if the playbooks look radically different now why did you change them and okay yeah that. That would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. We'll when I'm a little that. closer to done. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, after yeah. you're done. After the game is yeah, done, yeah. after it's kickstarted, whatever, um, we'll come back and we'll talk about it and, and, and look at that history. Because I think yeah. that'll be interesting. Not after from the perspective of looking forward, but looking backwards. After it's kickstarted, a date that is a mystery. Mm-hmm. That nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Unless some people do... I don't know why I turned into Loki and decided to like just kind of like hype troll listeners. So you know, you know why I did that? Because I have a cursed ring. Yeah. That uh, that makes demands on me. Oh, okay. And it that demands makes sense. that I hype. Yeah. yeah, it does. 
That explains a lot about you, actually. Yeah, um, I have a relic that demands that I hype. Yeah, it uh, it won't stand for not for weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a couple things um, to ask of our of our gentle listeners of our of our kind, dear readers, dear readers. Um, how do you feel about the term relic? I've been struggling to find a thing to refer to the the wielder's object as. Um, I think that it it worked for me pretty well. Um, I will have to thank Bowman. I think that 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 it. I think that it's probably what I will go with. But if you have a different thing, um, I thought about totem for a while, but that had some connotations I like that I didn't like. Um, yeah. Calling it just the item or the object felt weird. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to be. The problem is like it needs to be like Excalibur or Thor's hammer, in that it can be a weapon, but it also yeah. could be like uh, the Venom suit or um, the, the Ghost Rider's vehicle. Or like even mm-hmm. something as like a little off the the path as like Sailor Moon's magic rod that lets her transform, but also like demands that she do friendship stuff or whatever. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch on my part. <laughs> demands but. worthiness, friendship stuff. Yeah, yeah, friendship stuff is not a bad demand actually. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, it's definitely on there. It's going to be on my list. Um, and then the other thing is, what other characters that I might be forgetting? um that i should make a move for like if like i've again we've i've talked about a lot about the blue beetle and and the ghost rider and um venom and thor and excalibur and that sort of things but are there any other playbooks or other types of villains that are heroes that i've missed um that i should be thinking about when i'm thematically coming up with moves for this so hit me up on twitter with those moves and and this is going to be one of those times when people come up with things and I go like, oh, God, how did I not think of that? Yeah. And so I'm just going to say right now before anything else, Nova. I know Nova. <laughs> I, I know because I've been posting consistently about reading comics that involve Nova. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if uh, someone comes at me with champions or uh, something like that, I'll be like, no, I know that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nova's on my list. So I need to go back and look at Nova a little bit. I like Nova. Nova's controversial. I like Nova. Okay. Nova's kind of a little obnoxious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a so little, uh, send those <laughs> suggestions to me on Twitter. Um, yeah, or you can hit us up uh, uh, as a group. Uh, the, the, our Twitter account for this podcast is at Stop Back and Roll. Or I am individually at End of the Meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. You can find all of our episodes, links to some of the games we've been working on, and a little bit more at www.stophackandroll.com. Yeah, I've been working on that. The uh, The new host that we've been using for Stop, Back, and Roll has a, a pretty nice-looking website generation thing, so we may migrate from the old website to this new. It'll The URL will all stay the same, but it might be a little bit fun- more functional. Um, we I keep talking about ways to post links to our games <laughs> that, or things we make to it. And and working with WordPress, I find incredibly difficult. And this is maybe going to be easier. I had a weird nap dream that I was like navigating our beautiful website. And so I have some ideas based on that. Okay. Um, so if you have other ideas like that, um, send detailed or completed HTML <laughs> files to us uh, at either James or Brandon at Stop, Hack, and Roll. Uh, they may become our website. <laughs> James, you can't say that. Sure I can. Uh, I just did. No, you can't say that. But what you can do is rate and review our podcast on iTunes to help others find the show. Uh, Five-star reviews make a huge difference in terms of both our name coming up when people do searches and in terms of getting suggestions. Like, you listen to this podcast, you should also listen to this podcast. Yeah, it's important. Um, We make this podcast and all of our other podcasts with the support of our Patreon backers. We would like to welcome new backers, Evan Nyquist and Tavern Tales, um, as well as some of our thanks some of our old favorites like Clay, who is terminally nerdy, Lon Knight Niedermeyer, Andrew Gross, Rob Abrazado, Ryan Tunkel, Robert Kosick, Chris Newton, and Corwin J. Leary. If you'd like to support us uh, financially to help us make this show and other shows, uh, please check out patreon.com slash stop hack and roll. And definitely, definitely do that if you can, because I just had an idea for a show during this recording that I super want to do now, and like, I'm not sure when we're going to get a chance to do it, but James, I want to talk to you about it. Uh, so have I told we'll you about the later. other idea for a show that I want to make? I have also uh, have another you idea haven't. for a show. 
I have an I idea have. for a Twitch show that we do not have any of the technical abilities to make. Oh, nice. I have an idea for a Twitch show. We have the technical abilities to make, but I don't know if we have the time to make. Okay. Although maybe if it was a little tiny short show, we'll see. We're going to talk. So it's equally, about moves. If you <laughs> cannot support us financially, that is also totally fine. Come be part of our community. Come talk to us about this kind of playbook stuff. Talk to us about game design. Come talk to us about the game that you're designing. Um, we have a great Discord community, and you can find that at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stophackandroll.com. Um, join us. Talk to us about Protean City. Talk to us about Stop Hack and Roll. Talk to us about like there's so much game design going on there and i love hearing about all the different things that people make i am sort of like a i I don't do a whole lot of actual game design myself but i sort of game is learn about game design through the uh, through osmosis of listening to other people talk about game design um and i love when we've got like we have enough of a community there now that people help each other game design and that's just a beautiful thing so come be part of that and uh and talk to us about what you want to hear on the show and and then give us that lifeblood So, remember, James, as you're harnessing your rage, coexisting with the demon, but maintaining your humanity and unleashing the unrelenting and unleashing the unrelenting wrath of vengeance upon your enemy. Don't forget to stop, hack and roll. Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about not standing for the lies and injustice of tabletop games you love remaining unhacked. I'm James Malloy. <laughs> and we're doing full names now. <laughs> Is that all right? Screwed me the heck up. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what I normally say. And I'm Johnny Blaze. And I'm Robbie Reyes. <laughs>